Hello and welcome to Multilingual Love, a podcast about multilingual couples hosted by me, Flo de Schlichting. For the second episode of Multilingual Love, I spoke to Gareth and Fabian, who despite their age, cultural and linguistic differences, have a lot of common ground. My name is Gareth. I am... I was going to go into my age then. Maybe I should just go straight <laughs> into my age. There's, you can go to your age. Go into Please, my age. why I'm not? <laughs> I'm 51. I live in London. I've lived here for many, many years. I'm English, uh, originally from Manchester. I speak English, French, German, Spanish, Portuguese and Italian. Ooh, so I can wow. speak. That's my thing, really. <laughs> Languages would probably be my... You know, if anyone, expertise. If, if anyone's got a, a bit of a talent, that was probably mine. My turn. I'm Fabian. I'm a German PhD student, 29 years old. My list of languages is not quite as long. It's just German, English and French, really. I studied a bit of Italian at university, but I can only ask for pizza, really. So you both speak German fluently, but I understand that you speak English together at home. Correct, we do. We speak English together. We met in English. Our meeting was here in London. Kind of set the, the pace, really. And I think, and, and in reality, Fabi's English is better than my German. He's had a lot more exposure to it. And it's his English is far more natural. It's far easier to express all sorts of elements. You know, he can be humorous, emotional, angry. I, he can do lots of things, everything in English. Whereas for me, I would be still pulling for words and expressions. For me, it just felt it was natural. We set off in that tone, in that language. So it, I think that's why we kept in it. Yeah, I agree. I think that we met in English and had our first conversation in English kind of set the ground rules. Lots of the time it's amazing that you speak German because if I'm ever short for a word or so, it doesn't really matter because you know the concept and you understand what I want to say. But yeah, most of the time we speak English how is that for you to speak English um, rather than German, just with a partner in a romantic relationship? It works very well for me because I think English is the only foreign language that I speak where I'm the same person. Well, <laughs> you have to be the judge of if I'm funny or not, but <laughs> I don't think I'm that witty in French, for example. I get along very well, but I wouldn't be as quick or as precise. And you say you don't change person when you speak English. So would you say your German personality and your English really match together and are very similar? I think so, yeah. I think they are very uh, much aligned by now. So I've been in London for four years and I spoke English, I think, reasonably well before I moved here. So I think by now it's kind of very, very close, yeah. Is there something you feel really a lot more comfortable in German than in English? Mm, I don't know. I think sometimes um, speaking maybe about things that are a bit uncomfortable or uh, being rude um, can be easier in English. Ah, okay. Because there's, um, there's a certain level of separation left, I, I suppose. Okay, that's um, really interesting. 
Yeah. You think it's easier to be rude in English? Yeah. I think there are things that I would shout at someone in the tube in English that I wouldn't <laughs> say to someone in the U-Bahn in Germany. Ah, <laughs> uh, but you do shout at people in German on the tube. That's where you change into the German demon when people cross your path on the tube. And you're like, and comes... oh, English people are so polite. Even when I shout at them in German, they don't even say anything back. It's really easy to be And all it becomes, it quicks, I don't think that has happened very often. <laughs> a few times. <laughs> what has speaking English together meant for you? I think our relationship, though, has given us both an access into ordinary culture, normal life. I suppose after we met and came into my world, where I live and my street and my friend group and neighbours, there was an access to a, a really British way of life, of reference points, comedy points, and things that often wouldn't happen with people who were just staying with, with a group of people in a house share, for example. I think it went to another level and then meeting family and other friends. And the same with me going to Germany, because I do speak German well, not as well as he speaks English, but it's, it's enough to really make a very good inroad with family and friends, especially the older generation as well. So you have an entry into the German way of life and culture and family life as well. So I think our knowledge of both languages and our coming together has given us both access to that experience. Yeah, yeah though I would say there are like two things happening. One thing is that the language gets better and better, more refined. And then there's kind of a societal strata or layers of things like comedy and jokes, class structure, societal structure, the north-south divide in England, and the same when we're in Germany. And there are like things like east-west or so I'm from the Ruhr area in the west of Germany and that's very different from Berlin or Munich or Hamburg and so there are different things attached to those roots. So do you find speaking a second language can sometimes be an obstacle or do you find it's an advantage? I think the latter in moments where you're struggling for a word or a concept or something I have to explain myself very clearly and in detail and even though I'm lacking the one word that might encapsulate that. I get there at some point. But on the way, I obviously say a lot more. So I think those exchanges where you struggle for a word is also really good communication and exchange. Well, yeah, I think it is. You know, that's that's how language works, isn't it? Language is necessity. So that dancing around sometimes when there is a word that isn't just immediately there, you get to it and we work it out. Very rarely it actually happens, but there are times when we just need to dance around the meaning to pinpoint the tone of what that feeling or need or emotion actually is. And do you always understand when you need to pinpoint? Or is there some miscommunication around that? Because you both speak those two languages really well, I wonder whether you assume that the other person might have understood what you mean. There's times when I have to t check, because I'm also northern as well, and I have like a heritage of northern humour with things that make me laugh, which he knows about now, you know, Victoria Wood and, you know, Coronation Street kind of humour and things like that, you know, camp northern humour makes me laugh. He understands, he actually gets that 
from seeing it. But you know, but the actual language of that sometimes I might be running away with and saying things and thinking they're really funny because to me they are, and to the other person who's English who might be on the same you know level of thinking, they would think it's funny. And then you, there is a checkpoint. Sometimes you think, well, actually, you might not have really got the whole context of all that. We share a very similar sense of humour. We both have a sense of the ridiculous, which is where most of my friends, who I'm good friends with, have a sense of the ridiculous. And that's transcended a number of places I've lived in the world. People with a sense of how ridiculous things can be are usually people I laugh with. The interesting thing I find with getting to know Fabi's family and being from the north of England and him from an industrial part of Germany where he's from near Dortmund and in Essen and, you know, that whole area, I find a lot of cultural similarities in the people, particularly the older people, I can see them. They're no different than <laughs> the people in the north of England. It's the same type of mentality and I wouldn't say struggle that makes it, you know, but it's the same life journey they've been on. That, uh, that I can recognise very clearly. So I think that brings us quite close so together. That's almost social class, isn't it? That brings, yeah, brings you together. And that's its own language, really. I'm not going to talk for you, but I would say from my point of view, we understand that. You know, we have quite a big age difference, but actually we kind of know we're from a similar type of place. Yeah, we, I think we're kind of from a very similar background with... Both our dads being policemen. Both, oh, really? Uh, I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, both being from a working class background, went to university, kind of dropped out of that strata a bit. And then you lived abroad for quite some time. I'm now in London for over four years. So it's kind of lots of things that we've got in common while sharing similar roots in a way. And I think knowing each other's mother tongue quite well makes it easier for us to understand the other one, even if we're not speaking. Mm, yeah, I, I love that you can compare the kind of backgrounds within two countries through that, the kind of social class aspect of it, and that at the end of the day, language separates them, but that you can really identify with that. And with those linguistic differences, how do you feel around each other's families? Language um, is a big part of that. I mean, like I moved to London doing research for my PhD. I uh, spoke English before, I worked in English, then I met Gareth. So meeting his family, there was no struggle to talk to them. And at the same time, I was very happy that Gareth actually speaks German when I took him home for the first time, because my parents and grandparents don't speak English. I think it would have been really weird bringing someone home or maybe not weird but it would have probably been an added obstacle bring someone home that your parents can't talk to at all mm. and and even with my grandparents um, yeah. that's really nice that Gareth can communicate with them talk to them have to have a conversation with them without me sitting next to them to translate but which um, you do quite often with your granddad, leave, <laughs> leave me for an hour and a half with him. Well, you, you haven't heard those stories before, but I have. So. 
<laughs> but, I lo- but I love that because I love, you know, and I've, I've you know, that's just adds to interest to me. I love being able to do that. And it's interesting. You talk about constellations and this is about people coming together, isn't it, in their personal lives. Because of our age difference, if, imagine if I'd been this older man that turns up with their grandson but actually he was just mute just smiling like a fool but couldn't say a word <laughs> actually that would have been a very different balance of a relationship so for our for our relationship i think it's been fortuitous that both of us that i do have that and also it makes the whole future of the relationship more balanced because actually we could go to both worlds you know i can I could get a job in the German-speaking world. My German might not be as good as his English, but I know that I could, after a few months, it would be polished and a lot better. And certainly after a year, you'd be able to make a living quite well in in a different language. So we don't have that pressure of always thinking it has to be in the Anglo world or or one one or the other, really. It could be in either. And that does cross our, you know, that is in our thinking. So we could be wherever, really. Hopefully somewhere with a beach. And that is either the Northern Sea or (laughs) Brighton Beach. Well, you know, Brighton is a very good university. I wouldn't mind that. You've got a lovely future ahead of you. (laughs) Yeah, it's a shame I never learned Spanish. I know. Uh, Well, you speak Spanish. I speak Spanish, yes. So, Fabi, there you go. (laughs) Pressure's on you now. Because obviously every relationship has their own language in a way, hasn't it? So do you think your humour has adopted to one language more? I think, I don't know if my humour has changed, but I think um, the reference points have maybe doubled. Oh, wow. Yeah. I always say culture is the details of everyday life. That's what culture is. You know, it's Mm -hmm. details of everyday life. And the things that make people tick, what they drink in the morning, you know, it's all those things about a country that's somebody's culture. I I understand the things that are funny that wouldn't have been amusing to me five years ago, but now they are because I've had exposure to it. I know more about Germans and the German ways of doing things that make you laugh that now make me laugh. You know, I actually don't think English and German humour is that different. I think there's quite a lot of very clever observational humour in British humour. You know, I've had lots of good luck to live and work in different places. So I lived in Argentina for a while, and they're hilarious people. You know, they know how to swear in Buenos Aires. Nobody swears like a Buenos Aires person. You know, you get, when you go in, when you spend time with people, you absorb that. One difference might be that Germans are far more exposed to English humour than the other way around. Germany dubs every movie or series that they find. (laughs) (laughs) So they broadcast just a lot of English programs and you don't have the same situation in the UK. Yeah, it's so true. I was just thinking that actually Anglophone countries aren't exposed to other humour as much as the rest of the world is. Particularly through the US. You know, the world all knows humour through friends of certain generation. That's what makes people laugh in English to most of the world, whether they speak English or not. But we don't have any of that. They're just caricatures that come back to the Anglo world, usually. Clichés and caricatures of a French funny person. And how do you consume media then? 
there's no balance. Usually we watch English language programs. Well, he likes Real Housewives of uh, Beverly Hills, <laughs> so we usually end up watching that. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> if there is a German program which we like, we watch a documentary then and again, or uh, one time I put the Tatort on, oh, I love which is like the German crime scene special on a Sunday. Gareth likes to watch lots of foreign language series on Netflix, which I'm not, most of the time, not that interested in after a long day to watch something with subtitles. I have to admit. <laughs> Which I will quite happily so. do. But I personally, I don't I don't seek out those English humour things sometimes, you know, like the Mock the Week, those sort of panel shows, those all that talk, you know, that kind of humour. I don't seek that out anyway myself. I suppose I'm not very English in that way. And I like to see other backdrops, you know, that's what it's... Uh, mm. I like to see other places that aren't always England, you know, or mm. Britain. You mentioned you sometimes use switch languages as a secret code mm -hmm. you know when can when does that happen and when do you interchange language something when we want to talk about somebody when we want to <laughs> when we want to slag someone off usually <laughs> it's i think we did a whole train journey to manchester once in german because we were talking about everybody on the train when you speak german is it is it so that other people can't understand you or would you speak German in any other circumstance? Well, we do speak German sometimes at home. Yeah. Like, sometimes I put some German music on. German evening now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, like, like in London, you can't do that anyway, because there's always a German lurking about. <laughs> I do think in England, when we're here, when we're together, going to, into it is a sort of... It's a thing between us as well. It's actually quite yeah, personal. Yeah. When we go into it, it's like this is us talking when we do go into it. And it, joking aside, laughing at other people, yes, we do that. We're going to say something rude in front of somebody. But actually, a, there is a, an intimacy there because it's a focusing on what it's we need to that, say. Yeah. Rather yeah. than anything around us. Actually. Yeah, it's very dedicated. Then. Yeah. yeah. We're coming to the end of the episode. Thank you so much, Gareth and Fabi, for being here. It's been lovely to have you. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Multilingual Love. Make sure to subscribe as we'll be releasing new episodes every week. To find out more or get in touch, please look us up at Multilingual Love Podcast. This show was hosted and produced by me, Flo de Schlichting. It was co-produced and edited by me, Willem Olenski. With music by Will Bloomfield and Willem Olenski. Special thanks to Joe Valunas and Piers Olenski. Thanks to Finn London for letting us use their studio for this recording. See you next time.